This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's get on to these scary stories. Just remember... No matter how creepy and dangerous life gets, there's no pause button. Number 1. Creep Gamer Submitted by Joe W. I've tried to forget about these events, but whatever I do, I can't get it away from my mind. The following events happened to my brother, one of our friends, and me back in 2014 and 2015, from December to February. I would like to say that most of the time all three of us got online on the PS3. We got on Black Ops and Black Ops 2 Zombies. At the time of the first events, we were playing Hardcore Team Deathmatch or Hardcore Domination, one of the two I can't remember. Another player ended up joining the game. He said his name was Ben. My brother's name is Jake and our friend's name was Luke. He sent us all friend invites and no one was overthinking it. We thought it was just some chill gamer guy, you know? Someone like us. The friend invite message that I received had a question. Would you like to play zombies with me? Right away, we got out of the game we were playing and got back onto zombies to play together with Ben. We were on Black Ops 2 with the zombie map that had the witch's house. We'd play for a while and say our goodbyes, but literally every time Jake, Luke, and I tried to play a different game, he would send us invites over and over to play zombies or to play team deathmatch with him. It started getting spammy, so Jake and Luke ended up blocking him. They said that he got too annoying for them, which I can't say I blame them. I didn't want to think too much into it myself, but what I did think was that maybe he was lonely Maybe he didn't have anyone else to play with, or he had only that one game to play. I started thinking that if I was in that situation, maybe even I would spam the few friends I thought I had, so I didn't block him. About a week after Jake and Luke blocked him, Ben started to send me random messages, asking where Jake and Luke have been. I thought he would have gotten the hint from them not being on his friends list any longer. I just told him that they got rid of their PS3 accounts. I didn't want to lie, but I didn't want to hurt this guy. About three or four days later, I got a message from him, and he asked me if I was single of all things, and then said he was wondering if I wanted to be in a relationship with him. At the time of this situation, I didn't have a headset, so he could never hear my voice at all, and I'm not sure if he looked at my profile saying I was a male, or if he was simply gay. So I told him I was a guy just to be sure, and that I didn't swing that way. I tried to put it as nicely as possible. 
About a week later, he sent me another message asking if I wanted to be in a relationship with him again. He had never directly replied to what I had told him last time, so I just said the same thing again. But instead of a reply, a few minutes after I sent him that message, I got a random phone call from an unknown number. When I picked up, there was no one on the other side, just silence. For the next three days, this would happen three or four times a day. To be honest, I don't know what this was. The timing was very coincidental, but I had never given Ben my phone number, so how could it possibly have been him? Then again, I've never gotten these strange calls before. It was very weird. After the third day, the call stopped, and another week or so passed without any more calls. Then, lo and behold, another call came, and it was also unknown. Taking a deep breath, I answered it, only to hear what sounded like an older man on the other side. From the way he talked, he sounded like he was in his 40s. He asked if this was Joe. I said yes, and he introduced himself as Ben. When I heard that, I got chills down my spine, and I was immediately confused. I mean, how did he get my number? I asked him how he got it, and he told me that I should not be worried about it at all, which obviously only made me worry about it more. I was thinking maybe one of my friends put him up to this, that it was some sort of prank the whole time, but he sounded so serious, and I never heard anyone in the background. I told him I didn't want him calling me, which he ignored, because he really wanted me to know that he loved spending time with me, and he thinks that we would be good together. I told the guy I wasn't even of age, but he didn't care. He just continued to ignore everything I said in return and would explain how much he loved me. This guy didn't even know me. All we did was play games together for a while. I was beginning to think he was actually crazy. Eventually, I was done, and I hung up my phone while he was talking. He luckily didn't try calling back, but I was bombarded with messages on my PS3, messages that detailed information on where I lived and even where I used to live. Now, everything that was weird was now entirely creepy. Who was this man and how was he getting this information? Even if it was a prank, they were going too far. The calls dropped off altogether, so I was thankful for that, but I continued to get the same type of messages creepy personal information messages. But about a month later after that, I received a different sort of message. This time it was an address, but I recognized it as Jake's address. I ended up reporting him to the PlayStation Network people, and I asked my mom if I could get a new phone number so that I never had to get another call from this weirdo. And just in case PlayStation didn't do a thing about it at all, I blocked him. And now that I thought about it, I should have done that from the get-go. Until my new phone came in, I had to use my old one, which I only used cautiously thanks to this man. But I did receive one last call from him, a call I shouldn't have picked up, a call that I answered, mostly out of curiosity. All he said was, I've had fun playing with you. Maybe sometime we can play in real life. <laughs> Number two, My Gamer X, submitted by Anonymous.
Though some of you may not find this story as creepy as a direct encounter, it has honestly left me scarred. To this day, I have trouble opening up to new people, and I suffer a lot from anxiety. This makes it difficult for me to be in a new relationship because I'm scared that this will all happen again. When I was a kid, I didn't have much luck socially. I didn't have many friends, and I ended up playing games quite a lot to entertain myself and to try to improve my social skills, even if it was online instead of real life. I began to play World of Warcraft, and I play it to this day. I love the game and I've had many great experiences, and I've actually met a lot of my friends in the game. So just keep in mind, I would never blame the game itself for my experience. This can happen to anyone on the internet, game or no game. At the time when I started playing WoW, I was 10 years old, and I began to talk to another player in the game, a guy who said he was 14, and eventually we fell in love, so to speak. More like puppy love. You know, the childish version where you crush on a person, and two weeks later you fall in love with another guy you meet in school, or something like that. So not something too serious. But this guy took it way too seriously. When I was spending time with my friend who also played WoW, he would pay my friend in gold in the game to let my friend lend me his phone so he could talk to me. He would hurt himself, or at least pretend to hurt himself if we couldn't talk. He would make painful sounds on the phone, telling me he was pressing a fishing hook into his arm or something like that. Either he was psychotic or he was obsessed, and as a 10-year-old girl, I believed he was just truly in love with me. Yet I was 10, and I wasn't interested anymore, since he went from fun to just depressing pretty fast. But then he threatened suicide if I left him, and he sent me pictures of a bad attempt of an internet cable as a noose in his room. That was when I first tried to break up. I got scared, so I told my parents, who then called his parents, now, I always told my parents when I met someone new, so they could talk to the parents of this person, which is why they had his parents' number. They told us nothing was wrong and they got angry at my parents for calling them and blaming their son for doing something so horrible. And so he harassed me for the next five months. He would send me messages, even though I told him to leave me alone. He either begged me to come back or he would curse me for leaving him telling me I was a slut, among other things. But after those long and grueling five months, he finally left me alone. Maybe he got bored. Maybe he found a new victim, I don't know. The bad thing about that was it only lasted a year, and then he began to try to contact me again. I had changed my number by then, but somehow he got the new one. I don't know how he did that, he said he was 14, and I don't know how a 14-year-old could do that. Well, by then I was 12, and he must have been 15 or 16, but it is still strange that someone can get your new number out of thin air like that. The messages from that point on started to get really crazy. He wrote things about aliens. He said he hoped that when they came, they would get me. I ignored his messages as best I could and never responded to them. He kept contacting me on World of Warcraft as well, calling me the same names and told me I should have never left him. Again, I told him to leave me alone, that he shouldn't be this mad about something 
that happened almost two years ago. But he just kept insulting me, calling me more and more names, and told me that all the men in my family in my area probably took turns on me. I was young, and hearing that just made me cry. So I reported him to Blizzard with the help from my dad. Then I changed my number again, and not much happened after that. Well, just four years ago, he actually found me on Facebook and contacted me on an obviously fake profile with some silly name. He asked for my ex-boyfriend and that I would probably know him as such and such name from the World of Warcraft character he had made, and that's what gave him away. I have no idea how he found me, since he shouldn't have known my last name, but I never answered. I hope he thinks he contacted the wrong person. Even still, I know he's been watching my profile, because the ex he asked for was the one I broke up with one year previous to the message he sent me. He wrote the full name of my ex, so he could have easily contacted him himself, but he didn't. I think he wanted me to know that he was still there, still watching, and to this day I'm still scared that he'll contact me again, or that I will actually encounter him in real life. I was even scared to post this story in the first place, in case he would come find me. Well, so far, we never met in real life. We lived far away from each other and were actually only just internet boyfriend and girlfriend for a moment. It scares me that a meaningless relationship that lasted maybe three weeks tops made this guy so obsessed that even years later, he still tries to contact me and harass me. And now it's illegal. He's 19 and I'm 15. With any sane person, that should be a red flag, but not with him. I keep everything personal to myself now, and I haven't opened up to someone the same way I did back then. I'm more cautious with new people. But when I was young, I didn't think that anyone could be bad or do anything bad to me or anyone else. My parents did what they could back then, but I felt secure, more secure than I probably was. Back then, if I met someone online, my parents taught me to talk to their parents, just to be sure it wasn't some pedophile or anything like that. But after this, they wanted me to meet the parents in person, because after this incident, you can't be sure enough. Still, I met a lot of my best friends on World of Warcraft, and have met them in real life as well, and I'll never regret that. Gaming is our generation's way of making new friends, sharing interests, and passing the time. But as well as any other place, you have to be cautious. You don't want to meet the wrong person. So if you're listening, crazy guy who's been harassing me for years, I hope you've moved on. I hope you get the help you need. I don't wish anything bad on you, even though you scared me and changed the person I am. I hope I never hear from you again and that we can both live happy lives separately far, far away from each other. I feel sorry for you. This episode is sponsored by The Dead Files from Travel Channel. If you're listening to anything on the EerieCast network, odds are you love ghost stories. That's why I think you'll love The Dead Files from Travel Channel. Join hosts Amy Allen and Steve Deshavi as they investigate paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the US. Each host offers a unique and exciting perspective for every case. Amy is a medium, seeing and speaking to those who are no longer in the world of the living. 
and Steve is a retired homicide detective who uses public records and witness testimony to piece together the history of the haunted location. Each episode of The Dead Files features a different, real haunting to possibly help the family struggling with its effects. One episode in Falconer, New York deals with a family who keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They frequently witness a shadow figure lurking around their home. Amy and Steve receive their call and investigate, with Amy using her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry, while Steve separately researches the history of the home, only to discover several previous residents who lived at the home died, confirming Amy's own findings. After their investigation, Amy and Steve must conclude with whether the house is safe to remain in or if it's time to get out. I really love the deferring perspectives and skill sets between the two hosts, and I think that's why The Dead Files is a must-listen podcast for any fan of the paranormal and supernatural. Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Number 3. My Game Stalker Submitted by Isabella It can be very easy to trust new people on the internet, as was the case with me. As such, sometimes you give out too much information, even by accident. Even people who know the dangers of the internet, such as myself, can be pulled into these events and situations. I write this as a warning to others. Please learn from my mistake. I live in the Portland metro area of Oregon. I'm 18 years old and transgender, and yes, I've gone under HRT and some surgeries. It's as expensive as it sounds. Now, I play a game called Osu. All you really do is just click circles to music, mainly Japanese, but it's quite addicting. In this game, there's a chat feature to let you talk to other people. There's also a nearby feature to let you find people around your area. For example, your state. This is how the person who stalked me found me in the game. I should note, I don't remember all the details perfectly. This happened about a year ago. It was late one night, probably around midnight, when someone, I don't remember who, messages me saying something along the lines of, how close are you? Do you live in Oregon? I already knew what this feature did, so it wasn't too freaky. The player seemed new. The game's scoring system was called Performance Points, and he had a low number of them, 100 to 200 at the most, 
So I replied with, yeah, nearby shows people in your area. I'm in the Portland area. I actually gave him the exact city, but for the sake of this story, after learning my lesson, I'm not going to say which here. So where are you, I asked. He replied, Portland as well. Then he asked if I was a girl, which I replied, yes, I am. Cool, was all he said. So we ended up adding each other as friends. I went offline sometime later for school. He messaged me the next day and we talked for a while. This user, in fact, became my best friend after a month of talking, and we got to know each other very well, even on a name-to-name -name basis. I gave him the name I often go by, Izzy. He gave me his name, Dylan, and soon we exchanged selfies. He told me that I was very beautiful, and note, at this time, I had yet to go under any surgery, but I was on HRT, so to know I was passable, especially to him, who had no clue I was trans, only boosted my confidence, as well as my friendship with him. Dylan himself was a teenager close to my age. At least, that was in the picture he sent me. I, of course, was too blinded by our friendship to even check if he was real. A month later, things began to change between me and Dylan. He was creepy, to say the least. I was no longer comfortable to talk to him. He began to say things like, your butt is too flat. You should do some exercise to make it nice and juicy. I often didn't respond to these types of messages. The thing about this message, for example, was that I indeed had a flat butt, even as a female. He'd send me a picture of the school I went to, and that's when I replied asking him, how the hell did you know where I go to school? I never told you that information. But he didn't respond to that message but something happened the next day. Now, the only thing I think I kept from my time with Dylan was when he sent me a picture that absolutely chilled me. It was an imager link. The picture, in fact, was of my house, right in my front yard. And very soon after that, he sent me a very eerie message saying, I didn't know you were transgender, Isabella. I've never told him my full name, or that I was transgender, so by this point I was freaking out. I responded, how do you know where I live? How do you know all these things about me? And then I told him, one more move on me and I'm calling the police. Do you understand me? His reply was, you're still really pretty though. You know that, right? I don't care who you are, what you are, I want you. I think the one mistake I made was unfriending him and then going offline. I'd had enough. I never heard from him again, and I tried to find his profile a couple weeks later, and it was gone. I can only assume he was banned or changed his username. As far as I know, the police have never caught this sick person. I can only hope that some way, somehow, he is indeed locked up in prison now, and he never gets another chance to make moves on another teenager like me. Again, please be careful on the internet. You never know what you might be getting into or whom. Number four, Terror from Team Fortress 2, submitted by John. 
Over the last summer, I played a lot of video games, but my experience happened on a game called Team Fortress 2. I'm sure you've heard of it. So one afternoon, I was playing TF2 when I got a message saying that a user sent me a friend request. Curiously, I accepted it. I asked if he needed help or wanted something. The user quickly responded back saying, you know what I'm here for. This was odd. I told him that I didn't even know him. A few minutes later, he sent me a trade request. I wasn't surprised because I'm an experienced player with a few valuable items. He told me in the trade chat to cough it up. And I thought to myself, this is getting weird. So I logged out and decided to take a break from my computer. A few hours later, I got back on Team Fortress 2. I realized that this specific user wasn't in my friends list anymore. I thought maybe he removed me as a friend and I would never have to worry about that guy again. Well, I was wrong. About two weeks later, I got a Skype message saying someone sent me a contact request. I accepted it just so I could mess around with the person who probably added the wrong contact. He seemed like a normal guy at first. However, it then took a hard turn. The Skype user said, remember me? I responded with no, of course. Then he sent me the same words again. Then he typed, you know what I'm here for. At that point, I knew exactly who it was, exactly who I was talking to. I told him to go away and just leave me alone, but he sent me a bone chilling message saying, you've made the worst mistake of your life. I ignored it, of course, but was nonetheless chilled. A few days later, I was having trouble sleeping when I heard the front door of my home blow wide open. I walked downstairs to close it. It was storming after all, so I thought that the wind blew it open. And after that, I tried to get some more sleep. I woke up the next day and checked my phone. I saw one unread message. It was a picture of my front lawn and my house. I then remembered the door opening the night before so I got up and ran downstairs. I saw that my TV, my coffee table, and other expensive objects were completely smashed everywhere. Someone even left a note on the smashed TV of their Skype username, the same username I'd been in touch with. I was able to replace everything, thank God, to renter's insurance, but ever since that incident, I always felt like he never left. And number five, he drove me off the road. Submitted by Silly Panda. I was a young and naive 19 year old working at Circuit City back in 2004. I was the gaming specialist, which I loved. I got to test out new games, often got free swag from the manufacturers. I loved that job and my coworkers, but some of the customers I could do without. My department was in the back corner of the store, the most secluded spot. I had everything from creepy older married men with sons my age asking me out for coffee and we don't have to do anything you don't want to do type of situations, two drunk idiots straight up asking me if I put out. Definitely lots of creeps, but all of those will never be as bad as Kenneth. Kenneth was around my age. He would come into the store nearly every day or at least every day that I worked. He was taller than me, broad shoulders with dark hair and worn glasses. 
It started out innocently enough. He would ask my advice on games and controllers, and soon he was asking me out on dates. I'd politely turn him down though and go about my business. There was something off with him that I just couldn't put my finger on. He made my skin crawl, but I would always be polite and helpful and answer any questions he had concerning the games department. But eventually I would start dashing to the warehouse the moment I spotted him in the store. I realized he knew I was at work because he would recognize my vehicle. It stood out like a sore thumb, an 83 Ford Ranger my dad and I had painted bright yellow with black racing stripes on the hood. He would ask for me by name, and most of my coworkers knew about the situation, so they would say I was on lunch or had gotten a ride home. One female coworker I didn't get along with knew I didn't want him to have my phone number, but she helped him out one day and gave him both my house and cell phone numbers. I made sure she was later fired for doing this. He began calling me at all hours of the day and night, at both home, which I still lived with my folks and on my cell. I finally gave in and agreed to one date. I thought I could humor him and maybe get him off my trail after that. I only agreed if we could meet in a public place as I did not want him to know where I lived. We met at the movie theater. We watched a movie and had ice cream after that. He did try to kiss me and I pushed him away. I said I didn't want to pursue a relationship with him. I went back to my truck, relieved it was finally over. I drove straight home and I just wanted to go home and shower. As I pulled up in front of my house, I hadn't noticed the car that pulled into my neighborhood. I almost made it to the front door when I see his truck driving by slowly. He had followed me home. I rushed inside and my cell phone was ringing as I ran up the stairs to my room. It was him. I shut my phone off and resolved that I would go change my number in the morning. The next day, I told my folks about the date. My dad was repulsed and my mom said I needed to give him a chance as he sounded nice. Nice? He was stalking and harassing me but I agreed with my mom after she was badgering me about it for a few days. So, believe it or not, I went on a second date with him. He took me to meet his family. They were overly excited to meet me. His mom even said, we finally get to meet the famous girlfriend you've been dating these five months. Big nope. She even asked when we were planning on getting married. I just sat there in shock. He was living in a fantasy all his own and his family believed the whole thing. And if you were wondering, no, he wasn't a gamer at all. He was just some weirdo who saw a girl he liked in the gaming department. The ride home was an awkward 45 minutes. I again told him very sternly, I did not want to pursue a relationship with him, but he blew up in rage. His face went red and he was yelling at the top of his lungs, saying that he would make me love him that he deserved a woman like me and nothing less. He said he didn't want to hurt his mother because she was so dead set on planning our wedding. I told him to just drop me off at the next gas station, but he refused. I told him I would call my dad and the cops if he didn't. He stopped on the side of the highway and told me to get out. I jumped out and he peeled out leaving me in the dust. I called my dad crying and told him where I was. He and my three older brothers showed up about 20 minutes later and I was a blubbering mess. I wish that this story ended there, but it gets much, much worse. I changed my cell phone number. As a result, he would call the house repeatedly. 
Dad took the phone off the hook. Then we saw him drive by the house multiple times a day. He would come to my work, straight to the gaming department. So I hid myself in the warehouse like I did before, amidst gaming consoles and peripherals, until someone escorted him off the property. I finally moved out of my family's home in hopes that this would help, to get him off my trail. This worked for about a month. I had moved into a coworker's basement and I could walk to work. There was a tall wooden fence in our yard. I could park my truck in it. I felt safe and my family said the phone calls finally stopped. So I was hopeful that this was finally coming to an end, but he found me. My safe space was no longer safe. So back home, I moved to the safety of my family and three big older brothers. We sold our house and moved to a rental home as we were building a new place. We shut off the family home phone as there was no point to it being active at the rental for four months. Still at work one day, he came right up to the game department to me and stormed up to me demanding to be told where I was living. He just said he needed to keep tabs on his future wife. He was furious that the family phone was off demanding that it be reactivated. I told him he needed to leave now. He had no claim to me. He then slapped me, saying if he couldn't have me, then no one could, that I was his and I had to remember it. Then he stormed out. I was so shaken up by this, my coworkers offered to take me home. I wanted to finish my shift as my family was out of town and I felt safer at the work for the time being. My shift finished and I hesitated to leave, but I knew the dogs needed to be let out to do their business and I had to take care of them. I walked out to my truck and I found a bunch of torn apart rose petals on my hood. I rolled my eyes and just climbed in the truck, not bothering to knock it all off. As I began to leave the parking lot, a big truck right behind me came very close, so close that I couldn't see the headlights over my tailgate. My stomach sank and my heart began to pound. I knew I couldn't go home because then he would know where we were living now. I continued down the main road in town and he followed right behind me. A space next to me opened up and he went for it. He pulled up next to me and stared me down. His face was expressionless, his eyes ice cold. He jerked his will towards me and I went up onto the curb to avoid being hit by his much larger truck. I made a sudden right turn, but he cut off the traffic to follow me, almost hurting several people. I was turning up and down random streets and alleyways as my truck maneuvered much better than his big F-350. I found a driveway I'd been looking for. I knew it had a wooden gate I could close. I backed in and dashed to close the gate to conceal my truck, and I waited. I could hear his truck trying to find me, the diesel motor racing and then idle, driving slowly down the road. I held my breath, just wishing for it to be over. I kept my foot on the clutch so I could start my truck and go when it was finally safe. I waited until I could no longer hear him and opened the gate and sped out of there back home. I called my dad right away. He told me to come straight home and pull mom's car out of the garage and pull my truck in. That way we could hide it. He said he would call the cops to have them meet us there. I did as he said, and I sat in the living room with my dogs and the lights off until an officer finally showed up. I told him everything that had happened over the last eight months. The two cops told me we should have called them months ago, as around these parts, they take stalking very seriously. 
They were even able to confirm my story that night, thanks to several traffic calls from his truck nearly ramming into people on the road. They were searching for him and issued a no contact order against him for me, but he tried several more times to come into my work, but the cops were called as soon as we saw him. He gradually stopped coming around, thank God, and I hope he wasn't stalking some other girl. I hope he learned that we get to choose who we date and we don't just follow blindly what we're told to do by some controlling jerk. Life isn't some video game. I'm sad to say that the games I work around used to bring me joy, but now everything in the store just serves to remind me of the psycho who used to stalk me. Whether you work in games or enjoy them in your downtime, it's truly a modern way to relax, to have a good bit of fun, and even make a living for many people. But when things like gaming bring people together, that means even the creepiest, craziest people too. People who you're bound to run into one of these days. People who are bound to become a little too obsessed with their new friends. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. By the way, there won't be a bonus episode released alongside this episode due to a big problem with my websites, but they'll be fixed soon and the bonus episodes will keep on coming. In the meantime, a huge thanks goes out to my two newest patrons. They are Rob Rerick and Hilo Crepaldi. Thank you both so much for going above and beyond to help this channel. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.